a live from Nubian Human in the Anacostia Art Center in historic Anacostia, Southeast, Washington, D.C. And this is the Neighborish Livecast. I'm Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible. And with Super. me, as always, is D.C.'s native son, hey. the SE3 representative. Hey, hey. The coolest nigga in a Puma, in a Puma shirt. I messed it. <laughs> it's, it's okay, Dave. You starting off early. Yeah, baby. anyway. <laughs> Jay son, what's hey, up, brother? What's up, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Glad to be here on another uh, uh, Monday. That's right. With you and uh, and our esteemed guest. Today we have a great, great show for you today because our guest is not only a graduate of my own Eastern Senior High School. E-ball. But uh, yes. she is also, she also has a uh, bachelor's in psychology, right? Yes. So she could tell us some things, Jay. <laughs> she has a bachelor's in psychology. She could tell us tell you some about um, psychology. She knows more about psychology than both of us, as noted on the piece of paper. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that, uh, anyway. Uh, her company, Sweet Spirit Cakes, was established in 2006 and in the D.C. area, and it was founded on the principle of always putting God first and success will follow. Uh, they specialize in everything from homemade staples like butter pound cakes and strawberry shortcakes to custom designs perfect for any event. Ladies and gentlemen, Monique Towns is with us. I'll be so glad to have her here. Welcome to the show. Hey, Thank you so much for coming through. I'm going to talk to you about everything. About your, about, journey, about your journey, about your—you know—your success as a, as a baker, um, about being a, a businesswoman in in the United States of America, which is also a whole nother crazy thing. But before we get too deep into it, it's always a few things going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about. What's going on, Dave? And we're gonna talk about it right now. Now, um, you know, uh, for the past couple of no, months, we're not see, starting look, with this. On, it's got to be second. Jay, it's got to be second. Listen. Hold on, stay with me. <laughs> All right. We started with it. No, <laughs> no but uh, it's an angle of it that we haven't discussed. Fuck that angle, Dave. He's a hater of my angles. Anyway. That but go ahead. Right. Go ahead with your angle. But look, man. though. So it's a lot of industries that have been devastated by the coronavirus, right? And the airline industry is one of them. Yeah. So, um... Uh, that's the aspect, like I said, that we haven't really talked about. Um, that's the angle. Hold on, listen though. You didn't even listen to the thing. I though. thought I, I thought that was it. I'm sorry. Now, in an uh, effort to ease the fears of customers and get people back in the air, airlines have announced uh, new low rates and extensive measures to try to ensure uh, the planes are virus-free and safe for um, for flyers. Excuse me. <laughs> Social distancing things that they're doing, like uh, social distance seating. They're doing things like uh, frequent cleanings and using things like ultraviolet lights and newly approved sprays that's supposed to kill the coronavirus for up to four weeks. Now, airline representatives have said that the planes are clean and safe, but the issue is trying to get over the public's fear of flying and get them back in the air. So my question is, would y'all do? I know you've, you've done some flying. I haven't. Back not, and forth. You've never flown. No, I'm saying not doing corona. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, would you feel comfortable flying now? I didn't give a fuck when corona? it was. If I had somewhere so to go, I would have gone go anyway. anyway. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people saying, like, would, would you feel comfortable flying right now? So if the airlines are actually, so I think, like, if it's a row of three seats, yeah, yeah. they're eliminating the middle seat. Yeah, they said that's one of the things that they're doing. So if I got the elimination of the middle seat, I probably would take the chances. 
Okay. Because the other thing is, there's some really good rates out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's how they getting people. But the yeah. resorts and everything, they really want you to come. Yeah, yeah. So, so. there's some good rates out but there. But they, so. I think a lot of the shit too is like, I think you got to wear your mask the whole flight. Yeah, that's yeah, I've a heard lot. That. That's a lot of the problem. That's you know, a, for a lot of I people. mean, that's that's a big ask for a lot of people. I don't think yeah. it's that, you like know, if, you, for the, if you're going from coast to coast, like a six hour flight, you got to have your mask on the whole time. That's a bit much. Yeah. What well they say, unless, except for when you're eating. But uh, I just eat the whole flight. Right. <laughs> just eat one peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating. But yeah, so you so you guys, you said you didn't care either way. You was going to fly anyway. If, Cause I, it is if a I had somewhere space, to go. But did, cause the corona like or did the, the um, chance of catching the virus kind of make you take pause at all? Or it was never like you was like, I'm going to just go. Whatever well, happened, it, it, happened. it depends on like the 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 need to travel. Like I, I wouldn't just go somewhere like to have fun, the like vacation. vacation. But right. if like if I had a check to go get, or if, if somebody had an emergency or something, that wouldn't prohibit me. You know, okay. like, I was still very you know taking precautions and all of that. But I'm just saying it depended on the the need and desire to to get somewhere. So that just hadn't presented itself. But but not just chilling. Like yeah, let's go to. To the beach, like nah, I ain't doing all that. I mean, some good rates on the beach right now, but nah, I mean, but I, I thought so. I thought I was gonna be the, uh, you know, I thought the job was gonna be because I'm like, nah, I ain't getting on the plane, not until uh, well, that's good stuff clears up. But uh, but yeah, so I, the next question was gonna be, what do you feel, you know, they need to do to make it safe for you to be comfortable flying? But nothing, cause you're already comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's too much more that they could do. Now, the one thing that would prohibit me okay. is the. I got a quarantine two weeks when I get back. That's crazy. So when yeah. it comes to work, yeah. though, like as far as work, you already didn't use your leave. Right, so right, right. And now, do I got two more weeks of leave that I, I got to use the quarantine? Right. To then quarantine. That made that's a great question, and um, that was also a question that came about when you know the mayor and different uh, areas put out lists of places where if you came from that place you would have to quarantine because yeah. like uh and it's not just going there and then coming back but people actually coming in because so can you imagine like coming from one of those like if you're coming from maine which is one of the places that was on the list and you come to dc for like a business trip before you do your business you got to quarantine for two weeks it makes no sense like the right. business to be done by the time you you know so i don't know if that was the most effective way to do it and i'm sure people was just like you know, flying, to, you know, going to Maryland, Virginia, and then just driving in, you know, and then it's like you can't, because those places are on the exempt list, so if you can't uh-huh. from there, you be, so little ways to get around it. But, yeah, I don't know if they uh, thought that out fully, and that's a good point, though, if you have to uh, quarantine when you get back, or even when you get there, because some other states are doing it, too, so right. you go somewhere for your vacation, you got to set for a certain time, but now you got to quarantine. Is the hotel going to hold your room, and, mm. you know, the places you might have had tickets for or something, are they going to wait and all that, so. You never know. But, yeah, so I guess uh, we, we flying. Is that what we doing? I mean, I I'm, I'm going to set up a trip for us. We all going to go somewhere. I ain't flying. flying unless I have to be somewhere. We'll which make is, sure it's a check-in. Which is rare. I, I rarely, like, have to be somewhere. Right, like, You right. know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, that it wouldn't prohibit me from, you know, getting to where I need to go. Because I just take precautions. Like, I ain't going to be, like, willy-nilly. Like, definitely had a mask on and right, right. washing. All the stuff they say do, still doing all that stuff. But it's like, if it's an urgent need, it's not going to prohibit me from getting somewhere. Right. So you would wear the mask for the six-hour flight? I mean, if, like I said, if there was an urgent need, like if there was an emergency or it's like if there was something that I had to get to, you know, and, right. and that's what they were asking. It's like, I, right, you know, I'd do it. But just just to go 
and not acknowledge all of the precautions and all of that and just be like, oh, I ain't going to wear no mask. Just, you know, like how they, they got them people in the country that's like, oh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're taking away my rights. Yeah, I invading wanna, my I civil rights. I ain't, like, uh, really? I ain't that dude. Really, you know white people? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? But like you I said, if I really had rights. to go somewhere, I'd get that. Right. I understood. Yeah, what if this thing drags out? Like, that's a like good question, too. Right. I mean, same rules apply. You just going okay, all right. So. Yeah, I ain't trying to not you know uh, buck the system or nothing, but right. You know, if it's if it's an emergency or it's like somewhere I got to get to, I'm gonna get there, okay. and still take all the precautions that I can. It's not going to prohibit me from you know uh, doing what I need to do. But then, uh, but then you a gangster anyway, and gangsters very rarely get sick and things. I'm just well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I don't know the truth of that day. Right, right. <laughs> well, you, you can't talk about it online, but we 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 would talk about yeah. it. But uh, so um, moving on to a more Jason approved topic. Oh, this Friday shit. will mark the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. On August 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King delivered his historic "I Have a Dream" speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, the march originally was held in D.C. In our own D.C., uh, the purpose of the march was to advocate for civil and economic rights for African Americans. The march was organized by A. Philip Randolph and uh, Bayard Rustin. Did I say that right? You know I don't the guy? know. Oh, I, I do. I know. I know you talk about, but oh, okay. I, I don't know if you pronounced it correctly. All right. Well, they built alliances with civil rights, labors, and religious organizations that came together under the banner of Jobs and Freedom. It was one of the largest political rallies for human rights in U.S. history with participants estimated at between 250,000 and 300,000 people. This year, there are a number of events planned uh, for the anniversary, including a program consisting of speakers at the Lincoln Memorial Reflecting Pool and a, a march that's set for uh, 1 to 3 p.m. that will start at the Reflecting Pool and end at the MLK Memorial. So. Um, that should be a pretty interesting uh, situation. It's the it's a historic moment. It's a historic situation. I know, uh, Jay. Do you have any any historical context to give us about the march or the moment or the mood of the people at that time or right now? Um, I don't know about all that shit you're talking about, Dave. But oh, I will say, um, in the spirit of marches, uh, I think. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the march because it was very significant and has a emotional uh, place in, in black people's spirit. Okay. But you know, um, I know initially, you know, it, it was it was in the spirit because it was, was that sixty eight, sixty three, sixty three. Yo, America was 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 fifty seven years ago. America was tripping at the time. Um, yeah, they still tripping. Yeah, they are still tripping. And so, so, yeah, so even still, like very similar to to the. Uh, well, I like the I like the marches, uh, well, some of the marches now because they aren't organized by the government. So my only criticism of the march on Washington is that it was a government sanctioned march. So if people, so but it wasn't. It was organized. It was sanctioned by the government, but it wasn't organized by the government. No, nah, they right? told you where you can drive, where you can be, you know, what time to come, what time you had to leave. So all of those things, oh. you know, so I ain't with that shit. Okay, like, if you really know. tired of motherfuckers stepping on your neck and you tired of being oppressed and you tired of getting murdered in the streets, like, you know what I'm saying? You go march when the fuck you feel it's right. Um, and you and apologize you, to all the church members that's watching. Yeah. Praise <laughs> you Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, Jesus. but I don't want to knock, you know, 
it, it was a significant time in our history, but it's just like, if you, if you really tired, like you ain't coordinating with the people that's doing that shit to you. It's like, nigga, we, we riding right now, nigga. Like when, when you know, at the height of, of, of us being fed up, like we not gonna work out times with you and places that we can be. And it's like, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Like we, you know what I'm saying? We coming to burn this shit down. We ain't gonna tell you what time we gonna be there and, and you know where we're gonna park our vehicles and where the buses can go and who's allowed to speak and what words you can or cannot say while you're on stage. I'm gonna say what the fuck I want. Yeah, it was that. It was that. So, you know, so I, I don't know, man. It, I mean, I feel like it was it was uh, uh, a significant statement for the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was a significant statement. Too. It was a significant statement. Like, yeah, we still control your nigg- you niggas and your rage. It was a significant statement, and you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that, man. But it's a lot of shit people don't want to hear. And, and which keeps us in the complacency that we at right now. And, you know, I, I apologize to the people who feel a way about that, but it's, you know, we at a time where shit got to be said and shit has to be reassessed and redefined because we basically still in the same position. We could still right now today have a march for, for jobs. And what's the other shit, jobs and whatever? It was uh, jobs and uh, so uh, civil rights. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the same shit. And it's because, like, you know, that shit was watered down. Like, this should not have been a D.C. after that shit, to be honest. Well, I mean, but I'm that's, sorry, that's, Dave. Yeah, that's, that's a bold opinion about the whole situation. I feel like the um, the uh, the cultural significance and not taking anything it away is, from that. It is, and I, I, you know, yeah. I hate, I hate yeah. that it sounds that way, so forgive me. I'm just channeling ancestors still have that spirit i don't know if that's necessarily my subjective thoughts and opinions but i'm obligated to convey a spirit of resistance until we get ultimate freedom that's not watered down and it's not censored by people's emotions and feelings there are people who want complete freedom like nothing short of that shit don't tell me what i can say when i'm on stage don't tell me what time i can be there you know what I'm saying? And, but I don't want to disrespect the people that it affects and, and holds a place in their heart. This is not that. So please don't take it as that. You know, again, I'm just trying to convey that spirit and that energy that, that is the balance of, you know, peaceful demonstrations and, and all of that shit that hasn't worked. Well, all right then. <laughs> so let me interject because I feel, Jay, very much. But just taking from a piece of what you said as far as controlling um, back then as far as like where the buses could park and all that kind of stuff, I really feel like if something like that was to happen today, yeah. like literally today, while it's the coronavirus, mm. we would still have those restri- rest- restrictions. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it's now controlled by something else. I mean, but we still have those restrictions in general, but here we have this pandemic that then who knows, you know, as far as like where it came from, that right, right. It's, it would then be that controlling device that they would use. Yeah, it's yeah. always going to be a controlling device right. as long as we are considered second-class citizens by the Constitution, by the state. Well, that's an awesome segue into um, <laughs> anything else except for this stuff. No, but, uh, but no, it is a, it is an interesting segue into uh, the next uh, topic that I was going to talk about. Um, there was an interesting interview on WTOP um, over the weekend, uh, they interview uh, Black Lives Matter organizer April Goggins. 
and uh, she was grilled to a certain extent in the interview uh, about everything from uh, the organization's stance on the defund the police movement to their policy on property damage. Uh, one of her points seemed to be driven home in almost poetic fashion um, when responding to a question about property damage, Goggin said that the focus on property is um, an effort to distract the people from the issue at hand. We need to stop looking at, the, at what oppressed people do when voicing their frustration and look at why they're doing it. Well, not even 24 hours after that interview uh, surfaced, video surfaced of police in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, <sighs> opening fire on Jacob Blake as he was walking away from them and attempting to get into his car. Now, he was shot seven times at point-blank range in the back. I'm so, emotional, Dave. Yeah, yeah, this is a, I mean, it's an emotional topic, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, but like you said, it's stuff that needs to be said and needs to be, you know, um, brought to the attention of the people. And I mean, it's, it's all over the news and things like that right now, but it's still, you know, um, something that we, I think we have a responsibility to, to at least discuss and in your emotion, get your opinion. You know what I'm saying? Your truest opinion. Just like you just did about it, you know. So. <laughs> to go with. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, the details of the incident uh, are still sketchy, but witnesses say that Blake was actually trying to break up an altercation that, which led to the police being called. Um, even the uh, Kenosha governor said that while the details are still coming in, it's clear that this is not the first unarmed black man who was injured or killed at the hands of officers in our state or in our country. The Kenosha Police Department immediately turned the investigation over to federal authorities um, uh, to, to continue the investigation. Uh, Blake is said to be in critical condition, but it looks like he will survive. Uh, protests since the shooting have put Kenosha in a state of emergency. And uh, yeah, so they started, you know, uh, protesting again. It's, um, hey, all right, I'm getting messages. But anyway, yeah, so um, Kenosha, uh, has been declared a state of emergency at this time. They, they're having uh, protests go on, and that's more. Uh, so uh, what you were talking about, the, the nature and the idea of the protest now, like you said, it's more of what you, you know, it's more of like we're doing it when we want to do it. It's more of like um, people kind of showing, showing their frustration unbridled and, un, you know, um, deterred or uh, without any restraints by, like, any government bodies, right? So... Um, like right now what's going on in Wisconsin, like what they're doing in, in the wake of this shooting as what they did in, you know, the wake of the George Floyd shooting and, and other incidents uh, seems to be more directly toward the, the kind of uh, protest that you were talking about, right, Jay? I mean, I don't know, because I don't, I don't really know. Oh, you who, haven't been following it. Who, well, I mean, I, I don't know, like, who's organizing what or, like, what's happening in that particular town and in those areas. Burning so. stuff and, you know, uh, destroying stuff i mean to be honest man i ain't even i ain't even with that shit at this point like protesting and marching man it's uh i'm tired man it's uh and i you know i i'm surprised that people aren't um they they just murdering us in the streets bro Okay. And uh, motherfuckers talking about marching and signs and shit. It's like, you know, I could tell you what, man. If niggas roll up on my block and hit somebody, it ain't no marches. It's like, it's, it's right back, nigga. It's right back. It's right back on site. Like, there's no, there's no thought process behind that shit. And, you know, um, 
Yeah, I got to refrain, man. I'm emotional today. Yeah, yeah, understood, understood. But um, uh, take taking off of something you said, but also shifting gears a little bit. Um, there was a story um in the Washingtonian, and it was also reported on WTOP uh, this morning about the the job that the violence interrupters are doing uh, in the job, and and they talked about how in the wake of uh, of the killing, you know, behind us of the of the young eleven year old. Um, how the the work that's been put in by the violence interrupters um, to to kind of to actually um, they said over Zoom and I don't know if you if you know anything about the like the they supposed to have like a Zoom meeting between the two groups of people who were tomorrow around my way yeah yeah around our way you know the groups of people who were disputing and it was supposed to have had a ceasefire that's lasted for like a hundred days well, you know or something uh, like that. that's I what was reported so. I can't really speak on it man because yeah. it's you know, uh, you know, we 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 know all the parties involved. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what these uh, interrupters are doing, but you know, we out there, and um, we've been organizing ourselves. So I don't know what the people that get the grants and funding are doing, uh, but those of us who are from that community and have been out there, you know, every week. Uh, I don't I don't know what's going on, you know, that's on WTOP and on these news stations because we still right. we still out there and it's real to us. And so we've been we've been organizing ever since then. And, you know, we've we've taken the kids on different trips. We going on a different trip. Matter of fact, this weekend we going to the uh, Black August pilgrimage down in Richmond, Virginia. This past weekend we went paintballing uh, the weekend before we brought we had a little basketball tournament around there weekend before that. You know, we brought the uh, moon bounce out there, and, and all the time in between, man, we got we got we we able to to, to mobilize these young men, and, and 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 we got them studying things and um, learning information and, and creating community and fellowship amongst each other, uh, and we getting resistance from the uh, the owners of the property. So it's strange. It's yeah. strange, yeah, you know. But I, I, that's not deterring us, you know, because that's because right, right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, they, yeah. they just see how we look. We see they see how we look, and they don't understand like how we can be so organized and be so effective, and um, being positive. So they've never seen it before. So I don't fault them. Yeah, um, it's, it's just they don't they didn't know what to expect to see, you know, people that look like us being so concerned and so structured and so effective right, so they right. don't know how to to deal with that because they ain't never seen it before but i don't and, know and, what's and the going effort on. that you that you guys are making is something that um that should be uh you know celebrated and exonerate or not exonerate, uh, uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh, hu no but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right but uh, yeah but celebrated to a certain extent and but i mean can you talk a little bit about the motivation and the idea behind the trips behind the interactions behind the intervention that you guys are, are, are taking part in? Like, where, where did the idea come from and what's the motive or what's the goal? Uh, well, you know, the, to be honest, man, the, the goal is, is, is complete liberation. And, um, you know, Cedar Gardens, it has, a, it has a history of greatness, man. And it, this is the first time, you know, uh, that, that someone like has been murdered like that around our way. And uh, we felt, you know, cause when we was out there, like like we was beefing and shit, but if we saw kids or elders out there, that, we, that shit was on pause. It's like, you know, it's like, all right, nigga, wait. 
I'm gonna fuck you up. But it's like we didn't. It wasn't on site. Like we, it was. It was rules of engagement. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like when we was young, like the 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 OGs was like doing their shit. But it's like they encouraged us too. They was like, nigga, go to school. Like go to football practice. Whereas though now it's like the the uh, supposed OGs now are like encouraging the youngins to do the shit that they doing. So it, it was it was a shift in in leadership per se, and, and we recognize that. And uh, so it's like, I don't even want uh, 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 youngest to be all peaceful and turn the other cheek and shit. It's like, nah, keep your, keep your gangster mentality. Like, you know what I'm saying? Keep that, that energy, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What they be saying, keep that same energy, but it's just like, you got to channel it and focus it on the right things because you're going to need that passion and that, um, that fire you know what I'm saying, in order to, to be positively successful. So right, don't right. don't dull that, but it's just like, you know, we just in an environment where all of our trauma and frustration is taken out on each other. So to answer your question, man, it's just we trying to redirect. Like these youngers we working with are powerful, man, and I'm inspired to see these young men so smart and, and, and so beautiful, these beautiful young men. And um, they so powerful, man, and... Uh, there was nothing there to harness that energy in that community that we, you know, so we felt, cause you know, after Dede got, got murdered, man, like all of the OGs and shit called on the phone and talking to me and they was just talking. Then they was like, you know, what should we do? I was like, we need to meet and everybody just shut up. Like it wasn't nobody really trying to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like people was mad and upset and wanted to talk and vent, but I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? And so eventually, uh, some of the generation that came under me was willing to to put the work in and come out there every week and meet with the families and meet with the youngins and um and try to instill some some pride and history and culture in them so they know what they then they they could recognize their own like because we could recognize it but they 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 haven't recognized it themselves so when you speak of like the goals and like why we out there it's because we recognize the greatness of these young men and women in this community and so our goal is for them to recognize the greatness that we see in them okay yeah definitely man that's um i, I think it's a a powerful thing coming from people who they saw uh, in the same place that they were, because it's different when it's coming from even even like the rappers and stuff, because it's still yeah. a disconnect, you know, of of what they see and and what they live. So when they see people who live what they live, and that message is coming from them to redirect that energy in a more positive, uh, yeah, and you know, way yeah, because and that's what we're trying to tell the 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 property owners, because they they call us like uh, uh, loiterers. And they say, oh, it's not young men out there. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we old men. Like, what's, the, you know, what does it, you know what I'm saying? They, they trying to label us as, like, criminals. Mm -hmm. And we out there doing work to help the community. So mm -hmm. it's a strange resistance. It's like, yo, but, you know what I'm saying? You allowing all these outside organizations to come in your community. These youngest don't see them every day. They see us every day. And they see us. You know, like the youngest that came up under me saw me when I was on my goon shit and saw me convert and, and uh, focus my energy to better myself and, and attempt to reach my highest self. And, and the youngest now see them doing the same thing. And it's like, that's how you learn. 
know what I'm saying? Like you get the most influence from your peers, mm-hmm. not, not mm-hmm. your teachers, not your parents. But after you get like a certain age, like that pre-adolescent age, the most, you get the most shit that you learn from your peers. So if they could be out on the block and see, you know, uh, young men and young women uh, doing the right things, they gonna follow that shit because it look cool. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It look yeah. cool to do the right shit. And that's, that's what we trying to instill, man. Definitely. You got some comments over there? Anything you want to share? Uh, I guess uh, Bob and Marvin, Marvin Gaye says there are two basic temperaments, order and chaos. Unless one is ready to be martyred, murdered by the slave patrol, this is not a time to resist the slave patrol. Okay. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't really unite with that shit, but I appreciate the comment. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and it's like the the young man I'm working with, man, uh, uh, you know, one of the one of the words I use to describe him is fearless. You know what I'm saying? So there there are there is a demographic of people who are scared of the slave patrol, but then there's a demographic who ain't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like it's you know it's it's a balance, and I think you need both sides. I think you need the people that are scared, and I think you need the people that are that aren't scared. Okay. So I don't think it's just one, you know, one way to move, especially when you're dealing with a like multi-layered situation like oppression and white supremacy. It's like a whole bunch of different, you know, spots. You need people in position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just uh, moving on to this last topic before we uh, get into our interview. And that's why I was kind of segueing talking. I know about you be bringing music. guests. In the midst of our craziness, well, sorry, I mean, sorry, yeah, Monique. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know it was go. I mean, but I'm glad that it got that beat because it's real, uh, you know, conversation, and that's what we hear about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a, yeah, she's a psychology major. Okay, so yeah. Know. So she, so she probably knows what I'm going through right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll have a Thank session you. after. Thank you. Right, right, right. They're there, but. <laughs> But yeah, segue a little bit um, into um, the, we had discussions on here about the balance in music. And I think um, uh, there was a, a music video that came out uh, this weekend, Pharrell and Jay-Z. Have you seen it? The Entrepreneur, oh, the Entrepreneur Joint, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, oh, you haven't? Yeah, you got to check it out. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, and, and I thought that it would be interesting to talk about just because um, uh, we and, most, and you specifically have talked about the lack of the balance in yeah. you know in music and the, and the positive imagery uh, that we that has been missing in you know today's uh, popular music and it's evident in like um, the influence that it's had on a lot of the younger people you know uh, we were talking about the the uh, and I'm not gonna get too deep into talking about it but the the WAP song the, mm-hmm. uh, and and it actually debuted at number one on the Billboard charts did you hear about that. That makes and sense. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like I was having this conversation <laughs> this morning and uh, the, the person I was having the conversation with was adamant about that I was uh, uh, being negative about the song. And I'm not, I told her, I was like, I completely, like I said before, I completely understand the uh, the appeal of it. Like when Lil' Kim Hardcore came out, I was a teenage boy. I went to get it immediately and it had nothing to do with the music on it. It's sex sales, period. You I know? was the opposite. I hated that she was uh portraying herself that way but i was there for the like the tracks but, and so, like her, but, her but bars you, i was like yo you she was can spit. but uh, uh but uh you was in a different like you were old you you know yeah, you're yeah, older yeah. so but at that point i was it wasn't none of that right. <laughs> she, you know she's half naked and i'm all about it 
I want to be a part of whatever she's doing. I'm a supporter. But, yeah, so so uh, with that being said, I definitely understand the appeal and how. And Cardi B actually um, spoke to, uh, uh, actually had a valid point. Um, she did an interview last week about it, and someone was asking her about the influence um, of her music and the lack of balance and, the, uh, the you know, the lack of the, the, uh, the other side of that being shown. And her response was basically that... Um, you know, people are hypocrites because they talk about how much they want that, but her song is number one. It's, it's you know, people yeah. talk about how much they want and need it, but they don't buy it. Like, it doesn't make money. It doesn't, you know, uh, uh, you know, proliferate in our community. So it's hard to, yeah. I mean, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, argue with that logic, but I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, negate the need for the balance. And so I just thought that that was a large step. And, um, you know, I think that... Uh, you know, uh, Jay-Z has always been the type of person, and for real, to a certain extent, to kind of uh, be more about action than, than words. So putting out something to kind of be like, okay, instead of talking about the lack of balance, let's, let's put it out put there. Out and there. and they have the uh, the visibility at this time to be able to do it in a way where it's noticed. Because that was the, the question of that piece was um, there's an issue with visibility. Like, stuff like that is coming out. Because uh, Cardi B even mentioned there are artists out there that do positive music all the time and so there's a balance and she talked about the balance and it was a little smarter than i thought that she was shout out to cardi b but anyway no but uh but yeah she talked about the balance and um but it's not mainstream it's not pushed to the mainstream and so something like the video that uh pharrell and jay put out or even some of the positive rap that she spoke about um that's so necessary like, uh, why is it not breaking through? Why is it not seen, um, you know, by the masses more or even re responded to as well by the masses? Because it's put out in the same platforms that the other music is put out, but we tend to gravitate toward. Man, it's, it's deep, man, because it's the like negativity. what's not being discussed is how our, pro how our minds are programmed. And so it's like our minds are programmed from birth um, to be over-sexualized, to be, you know, uh, you know, just, just hyper vulgar and um that's just the lifestyle that we're brought up in and so it's like that's what's being pushed by the machine so there may be releases of like the balance of the positive stuff but the push in order to to main control of the society is is to is to be um i guess uh led to what you feel you like you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's like i I mean, it's deep and it, and it's hard to it explain. Is. It's it hard is. to explain, but I just think I want to. Yeah, I wanted to uh, get uh, Monique's opinion a little bit, just from not not only from a well, psychology standpoint, but just your personal opinion <laughs> on the situation. So, but my question: So you said so I didn't see the interview in reference to Cardi B, right? And she was saying you said she said that um, people are releasing you know the positive music, but my question is who's backing it up? So if mm. you know Cardi B or whoever knows that this music is being released are you backing it putting it out promoting it saying hey go follow this person go listen to it because just like sex may sell and i may be prone to be a cardi b fan and listen to everything she say or jay-z whoever right but are you pushing that person is she using her platform to but yeah. also would you then drop a, a bar or whatever or play oh. a track with, on that with person's person, yeah. music. 
That's a good because question. then that's yeah. the other part as far as me pushing it individually it also is who am i collaborating with supporting who you yeah right. yeah nah, i want to be with that lame no nah, that's <laughs> it nah, but but yeah i mean it's a good question and i mean um i just thought that it was an interesting uh um you know we've talked like i said on on many occasions about the balance and the lack thereof in music uh for today uh in in these times how it's not really there and it's it's there but it's not really pushed or not really seen and i wonder if it was even pushed like how effective it would be you think it would be effective um i think it'll be like anything else it'll be effective for a moment because everything fizzles out you know yeah. over time it just depends on the push yeah i, th I think I, there's a lot of truth to that i think like even like the whole you know, uh, like uh, Cardi B, the whole oversexualized uh, thing, even though uh, just because sex is such a prevalent selling point, that'll be there for a while. But her moment, you know, is going to be there for a while. And then she'll, it'll be another person because for a while it was Nicki Minaj and then it was her and Miley Cyrus and everybody, you know. So, I mean, there's always a, a, a somebody else. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's uh, get into this interview. Hi. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Before we do, I see my uh, my co-host over there. You look like you're brewing, man. You got anything nah, I'm else? Just you getting good? A, getting a lot of comments good? over here. Oh, okay. You want to? Anything you want to share? Uh, or, I mean, I don't know. It's anything, a lot going on over well, here. Anything you know relative to the conversation that you want to share? Well, brother, we love the people. We want to talk to the people. Bob and Marvin. Oh, he's on the old topic. The former young brother, of Wisconsin, wasn't scared, but now we speak of him in past tense. Was he wise? Um, I guess. I mean. To be honest, uh, Bob and Marvin, it's like uh, we must have came up in a different environment because, you know, uh, murder and um, death was a constant in my upbringing. So my life has been threatened several times. So there's a different approach to quote unquote fear and, and when it comes to liberation and revolution. So I respect your position, but I think you should respect other people's position for those who don't have the same caution. It's like, because even if he was uh, scared or not scared, they killing us daily anyway. Yeah, so I you can sit on, you, you know what I'm saying? You could be on the sidelines and be peaceful all you want. That doesn't stop them from murdering us. So, you know, I, so it's, I don't understand what point you're arguing. It's like, we could be passive and, you know, holier than thou and all of that. That doesn't stop them murdering us. And so, like, I don't, I, you know, so we would be speaking about him past tense either way. If he was non-resistant, if he was resistant, if he was scared, if he was fearless, either way, that doesn't stop the, the, the machine uh, of their daily job of murdering black people. And moving on, uh, mainstream, this is Fruit Fruit. The, the main yeah, I think she liked a couple of things on it. The mainstream industry doesn't want to portray true black goddessry. It's all sadly, it all sadly makes perfect sense. That's right. And uh, I agree, Fruit Fit. And then. Shout out to Fruit Fit, too. She yeah. Was with some, yeah. She was like, I thought I was going to get to meet her. And yeah, then, uh, we thought, well, uh, you know, it's a, um, it's, the situation is, is kind of um, uh, changing at this moment, but she's, you know, working on getting better, getting back with us. She's dealing with some health issues right now. Uh, and the last but she'll be back soon is Bob and Marvin again. He said, why scared or fearless? He's dead now. Who has benefited from his fearless did approach? Did he pass away? I didn't because uh, he somebody didn't. else said yeah, that. He didn't. And he's, yeah, he's, just, uh, he's just relax. The last I read was a critical condition, right. but, um, uh, but that he was going to survive. Why scared or fearless? He's dead now, Who had, which he's not. 
who has benefited from his fearless approach to our divided efforts? Yeah. I mean, you don't know unless you're in his community. Like, you don't, you know, um, <laughs> I, That's I guess. That's a deeper conversation. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Specifically. It's not, a, uh, yeah, not the yeah, best yeah. way to go into this interview, but thanks, Jay. For, no, just yeah, yeah, that's that's all I'm to saying. The comments, though, yeah, I appreciate you. Know, you. Yeah. Get the comment section. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, some, definitely. some love. Yeah. So we do have a comment on your live stream. Oh, okay. So this, uh, I'm supposed to have that up here so I can look at that. <laughs> you on the mother? Uh, we about to hire you. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll read it because this is one of my friends, Joseph. Um, what up, Joe? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. In reference to the music. He says, I think that we have always been polarized between sex and positivity. I think that we have to do our best in our homes and neighborhoods to encourage stability when able. That's that's true. I do. Yeah. I will say that I don't want to uh, portray sex as negativity necessarily, but the over-sexualized nature of the music. So I know what you're saying. But yeah, it, it has been like, a, uh, and that's what we talk about is, uh, the balance doesn't only have to come from the music itself. It should come from, because I talked about how even though I rushed out to get Lil' Kim and I also listened to things like Bone Thugs and Harmony and Dre and Snoop and stuff like that, I never wanted to kill anybody. Right. I've never been that mad. I wanted to punch a few people in the face. That was some <laughs> different stuff. But I've never wanted to, you know, murder anybody. I never wanted to rob nobody. I've never had an inkling to do any of that stuff. And I, and I bet you wrecking. wanted to get some cheeks, though, when you listen to well, that I mean, hardcore. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different influence. Thing. That's hormones, though. That, <laughs> the, the, but but I say all that to say that that is di directly attributable to the job that my parents did in having me understand the difference between entertainment and reality, and yeah. that there is a line, and that nine times out of ten, the people who are saying the stuff that I'm watching haven't even done it themselves. They'd probably be in jail. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and so, but you know, I think that the lack of that kind of caused this vacuum where everybody's believing it. So they're trying to live up to this person who's lying about with it. You know. Right. And yeah. so that became a big issue. But yeah, um, uh, the the balance is necessary, and it has to come from his right. It has to come from also, you know, it can't just come from the music industry. It has to come from in the home, and you know what you're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis so yeah shout out to joseph for for rocking with us i'm trying to get us up here uh to get the uh the live stream up on my phone so i can Shit, we got monique we don't need your oh, yeah, she got, okay she's gonna hold it uh he, he's hired you <laughs> as, uh, so uh welcome to Thank the you. neighbors live cast i'm sorry we had to go well, i know I'm sorry it was a good uh, conversation you've seen the Thank show you. before right Thank you I've so much okay so she she knew what she was signing up for I knew what I was <laughs> but, I, but i do want to say i appreciate your you know your contribution to the conversation and um you know uh adding your opinions is definitely helpful and valued and we appreciate that Thank so um so now let's talk about you let me uh, okay. turn my attention to you specifically hey how you doing no. <laughs> but, uh, so, so I want to um, uh, to go back. I want to get the whole picture, the whole story of your journey. So I want to start with like um, with uh, when you were younger um, and in school, and people would ask you what you want to be when you grow up. Do you remember what you would tell them? Um, so probably I went through a couple different things that I wanted to do. Okay. I think the typical uh, I used to probably like want to be a doctor or something. Now, I will say. At one point, I wanted to be like an artist. Okay. I was totally okay. into uh, what was his name, Bob? 
that used to be on PBS with the oh, with the afro. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, with the influence. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, oh, I know Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the happy little trees. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh my god. And so I love Bob. Bob was saying. Bob Ross was dope though. He was dope. He, like, he was here dope. Treat as a little a little bird. Right, right. He make you see the whole bird. vision, right? I know. Yeah. And so I did used to want to be an artist. And right, so right. Even though you want me to like go through the whole thing, I will say that when I do cakes. I look at it as art. I was, about to, I was about to say you are an artist. I'm looking yes. at them cupcakes and they look like a work of art <laughs> right there. So I do always kind of like look at a cake as my canvas. And That's so, dope. Um, That's dope. I will say that back then, though, I didn't think of cake decorating as a business. Okay. Um, not okay. to the extent that it could be something that would flourish into actually like paying your bills. And that's and that's a um, that's always an interesting transition from something that you just starting out something that you just like to do and maybe you find out that you're good at to to monetizing what you like. And I always talk about a saying that uh, that Dick Clark said years ago, um, and he was saying that the secret to happiness is finding something you love to do, finding out how to monetize it, and finding someone to share that with. Right. Uh, and that's you know the secret to happiness. That's what he says. But um, but we're gonna get to that first. I want to talk about how you started, big like where you found baking, like where you first so, or cooking, you know, in general. Right, right, right. So um, as a child, my aunt, unfortunately, she's deceased, mm-hmm. but my aunt did do cake decorating. Okay. Now back in the day, like in the late '80s and definitely the '90s, cake decorating is not was not what it is today okay um a lot of times definitely you would not see an extravagant cake until it came to be somebody's wedding right right. but now we doing three-tier cakes for baby showers and stuff so um it has definitely evolved so i grew up around my aunt who decorated cakes and who did cookies and all that type of stuff so Mm -hmm. i would say that um she was the one who introduced baking to me okay. um, as well as cooking and things like that as far as like being flavorful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, no uh, downfall to my mother or anything, but I would <laughs> say my aunt was that one who always experimented or added that extra seasoning and stuff into um, different dishes as well as she was a baker and, you know, all cookies and stuff. Cool, cool. And so so, so she's before, I'm sorry. my real- sweet spirit. Okay, so real quick, you're saying your mom food was bland and you hated it. Okay, we got that. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Shout out to moms. Go ahead. Right. So um, that's how I, I grew up around that. Fast forward to junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. I actually left Eastern okay. wanting to be a guidance counselor. And okay. it's funny that when okay. Nicole was on here, y'all talked about Miss Sharp. But I want to <laughs> say my guidance counselor was Miss Walker. Okay, okay, and yeah. so yeah. I wanted to be like Ms. Walker, and, okay, but I yeah. also she was, was in the Health and Human Services program, so we had some different teachers and stuff, too, through Understood. that program. Yeah, yeah. With that being said, I wanted to be a guidance counselor, hence why I went into psychology. Okay, but, okay. But um, going through college and everything, I was like, I'm not sure this is exactly the direction I want to go to, because mm. when you do counseling, you take on people's stuff exactly and if you don't yeah, have a yeah. way to kind of like balance that out for yourself it's it's something that could be very hard to carry that's true that's true so um i went to college uh north carolina wesleyan and rocky mount north carolina hey um being a city girl <laughs> i wanted to see what the country had to offer so okay. that's okay. what drove me to going to um north carolina wesleyan and mm-hmm. I, I was hoping to get a cultural shock i'll be honest 
Okay, okay. However, Kinda. anybody that knows me or went to school with me, it won't nothing but us down there. <laughs> right, in right, right. Yeah. It was people that yeah. I went to high school with, people I went oh, really? to junior high school with, and I was just like, I thought I was, was deep down in North <laughs> DC was deep. And North Carolina, I say everywhere I've traveled in the United States, I've met, I've seen or met at least one person from DC. We be out yeah. there, yeah, so, we out yeah. there. But yeah, so, go ahead. I'm um, sorry. No, that's fine. So after graduation, I actually lived in Rocky Mount probably like a good year, two years. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing going on in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. I love the city. <laughs> Wait a minute, the whole city is nothing going on it's at all. It's not too much going it on. Ain't in a Rocky party. Mount. It, it ain't a party. Now, Monique, they don't have do you know Walmart. somebody named Jamelia? Oh, yes, that's her, Jamelia. <laughs> uh, she went to college with you. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. So, um, Small world. So with that, um, <laughs> even though I stayed down there, it was nothing going on. It's either you at Walmart or whatever, because everything shuts down like at 10, yeah. 11 o'clock. I know they got a Walmart down there. <laughs> so the 24-hour Walmart is what was popping. With that being said, I took um, classes for cake decorating through Michael's Craft Store. Okay. Um, okay. Under the Wilton brand. Mm-hmm. So that's where Sweet Spirit Cakes started. Right. After that, I came back home to D.C. City Girl was just missing everything about D.C. Yeah, yeah. And Nothing like the home. business just took off from there. Okay. So that's why okay. I established would be like 2006. Okay, that yeah. Because when I, I came that back the- home. Um, and I think probably my first customer came through doing cakes for my nieces and nephews. Okay. Did okay. a cake, and the lady was like, I want that same cake next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll do this cake for you next week. The same thing. Wow. And it just, like, took effect from there. Um, That's dope. That's dope. Transition to maybe it's been four years. I graduated from Stratford University. Right, right. I'm which is a culinary school. You ain't know that, Dave. Come so, on. You know, right, I did. right, Hold on. right. Because I had a question about okay. that. You know, I, come on, man. My <laughs> research is on point. So I was going to ask you about it. But first, I want to go back and ask you um, the moment. Because there's a lot of people who, um, and I think there's a few things about your journey that you've already talked about that are interesting that I want to touch on a little bit real quick. So, okay. um, first of all, uh, there's a lot of people who are in um, – in careers or in the the pursuit of certain careers, like you were with psychology, with um, uh, the being a counselor, you know, studying psychology, things of that nature, and they start to get that feeling like, you know, what this might not be, what you know, but but I mean, sometimes they're nervous to kind of move off of that path. Sometimes you put so much into it. So, what was the motivation for you to to step away and say, let me look into something else? Um, so, outside of my nine to five, I then and still now was doing the cakes on the weekends. Okay, so you're so always it was doing it. kind of like okay. a side hustle, right? Um, and then turn into business and something that's still growing. And so, it just like I said, I want to say it just probably just it just fell upon me okay. as far as cake decorating is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that I didn't like my nine to five, mm-hmm. um, because I still. Other than the fact that it pays the bills, mm-hmm. I do still enjoy my full-time job, too. Okay. But it's okay. not that. So when you, like, get into your get into working, a lot of times the job just want to know you have a degree. Right. And right. that you have that discipline. And that if you went through that discipline of getting a degree, then they look at you can apply that to this job. That's right. true. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. for me, the fact that I had a psychology degree it didn't matter. It was the fact that I had a degree. Right, right, And right. so once I got into government contracting, I kind of then navigated on my own and made those connections to then have my 
career, okay. my nine to five career. Okay. So um, I would I would say it like that. Okay. Okay. I I and also, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. And so um, so uh, making that transition um from um from the social or the um counselor to uh because i keep thinking psychology right, right. but yeah but uh so um and making that transition um at what point did you um decide to focus more specifically on the baking because like you said you um you wind up taking a uh cake decorating and uh pastry oh so at stratford at stratford yeah so um so um you know so i think just like literally watching other people mm. watching or realize the realization that this is somebody's whole life, right, you know, right, of yeah, yeah. either cooking, as far as culinary is concerned, or baking, and like they're thriving at it. Right. But I, but I'll be honest with you, um, because I wanted to, I do want to have a brick and mortar one day. Okay. Okay. With that being said, watching those cooking shows where, um, what is it like, um, the restaurant rescues and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And these business owners have these restaurants and know nothing yeah. about restaurants. Yeah, yeah. They know nothing about, you know, what's going on on the back line, going on in the kitchen. They know nothing about the, the serving. And I was like, okay, I have to go to school so that I can learn all this stuff. Right, right. Um, so that I can understand what's going on. And so one great thing about Stratford, like we talk about pricing, um, all of my chefs, um, that when I was in class with them, they gave us that insight, you know, mm. while we are learning how to create a dish, they're telling us, okay, if you have a business, X, Y, and Z is, um, cheaper mm. to go this route, or how would you price this plate out, you know, type right, of deal. Right. Okay. And so me wanting to be a business owner, I want to still have that insight and then not be taken advantage of me trusting a chef or trusting a, a manager who say they have experience. Right, right. You know, so that was also one of my drives to go to school. But mm. it's something I totally miss. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. The Stratford experience? Yeah, the Stratford experience was good. Definitely yeah. in the kitchen with the different chefs that I right. had. Yes. That's dope. That's dope. And you came out uh, with that. And it's interesting that you took the initiative to do that, even though your business was already up and running. You know, because the business started in uh, 2006, and right. you didn't start Stratford until... So, probably like 2015, um, like probably the end of 2014. Right, right. And uh, like you said, uh, looking at the shows, like the uh, Restaurant Rescue and stuff, the people that really know nothing about it until somebody like that show comes into their life, they're oblivious to the fact that they don't even, of the stuff that they don't know, but to, you know, understand it and take that deeper look at it and say, okay, this is stuff that I really need to, I need to get a grasp of the entire right. situation is, is huge. And I think it's going to be, a, a, um, you know, a huge step forward for your business and, uh, and everything that you're doing. It's amazing. You're awesome. So let's, let's move on. No. <laughs> so I, I noticed in your, um, in your mission statement on your website, it says that, um, and I read it in the, uh, in the intro, um, uh, that your business was built on the principle of putting God first and success will follow. Um, how instrumental has your faith been in like the whole process of starting your business and getting it to this point? So um, I think if anybody who truly knows me, they know that I love to pray. Um, mm -hmm. I, I always have that communication with God. Like what is it that God would have me to do? Mm -hmm. um, anybody that will, I can't say anybody, but the the Bible teaches us to put God first 
um, in everything that you do. And so if you put him first or you're praying about something and um, I'll say consulting and just saying to God, like, what direction should I go with this? Depending upon your relationship with him, you're going to hear from him or he's going to tell you, do this, do that. Or you'll get that inkling like, okay, this isn't something I'm supposed to do. Right. And so um, as far as even with the cakes down to when a cake is done, because I'm always sometimes insecure about like a cake Mm -hmm. or whatever, I'll be like, okay, God bless this cake. Right. (laughs) Uh, But I also pray for my customers, you know, bless whoever comes in contact with this cake. Because you just never know what people are dealing with, period. That goes back to the psychology. You never know what somebody is dealing with, what they're going through. And granted, you know, you may not want to encourage emotional eating and things like that, but somebody might get some joy out of this good cupcake. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, enjoy the cupcake. Forget whatever you're dealing with at that moment. Yeah, enjoy yeah. the sweetness of it. But also, you know, in traveling with cakes, I'll be like, okay, Lord, don't let me hit no potholes. Don't let yeah, this cake mess oh, up man, while I'm that's driving. That's some of the stuff that you see. So, you know, it yeah. comes in all different aspects um, as far definitely. as, you know, my relationship with Christ. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Some of the stuff you watch, some of the big competitions on TV and stuff, yes. and they always say those issues with moving, um, yes. you know, the elaborate pieces and right. stuff. So, uh, speaking of the competitions, you've been in a few competitions yourself. Yes. I th- that, um, that McDonald's cake that you did was amazing, and Thank I just wanted you. to tell you that it's pretty dope. Didn't it win something? Did you? So, the competition is not over yet. Oh, it's still going on. It's still, I still going vote. on. You can still I'm vote. I'm vote. Y'all go vote. Tell them where they can vote for the cake and see the <laughs> pictures of the cake. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, um... About it's been about two weeks now. Okay. That the, um, well, two I weeks that was I over. was. I gotta go vote, but go ahead. <laughs> two weeks that I was notified uh-huh. about the competition, so I knew nothing about this competition. Mm-hmm. Knew nothing about this page on Facebook, which is called Amazing Cake Ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and their page is on Facebook, and apparently they just have what they call a, a friendly competition. Oh, okay. And I would say okay. that it's more of a exposure type of deal. Right. Right. Um. So. There's no monetary, um, uh, anything of value attached to it. Mm-hmm. So if anything, bragging rights, yeah. something you always Put add that on to your resume. resume. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And so um, I got notified on my cake page, and they were this guy, random guy, I have no clue who he is, was like, I think your picture was entered into this competition, followed no. his link. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so, um, followed the link, kind of debated on posting it because I'm just like, I need this to be legit. I ain't trying to have nobody get no spam, right? Yeah, nothing yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so, um, the the category that I was entered in is called the artist of the world's most wanted cakes. Mm. And so my cake is on page five. Yeah, y'all check it out. Picture number 20. And so it is tied to having a Facebook page. Okay. Um, okay. Some people told me they were able to vote more than once. I really don't know the. I'm gonna um, figure it out. I'm gonna figure out how to get in all of there. that because some, some people stuff. say they couldn't. But yes, please go vote for me. Um, and so the McDonald's cake. Every time I think about this cake, it's kind of like that cake has set the bar for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like every cake has to reach this standard at this right, point right. until the next one exceeds that. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And so um, everything on that cake was edible. Mm. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Everything on the cake was edible, even down to like the little chicken nuggets and everything right. that I made. <laughs> and um, the chicken nuggets was actually made out of um, 
Rice Krispie treats. Oh, nice. So nice. took the Rice Krispie treats, molded it, made it try to look like a chicken nugget. Mm. And then we have this stuff called fondant, yeah. covered it in fondant. Everybody know about like, fondant now. We done oh seen all the, the cooking competitions. <laughs> okay, great. They using that fondant. We pronounce it wrong and everything. They right. using that fondant. Like fondue. Right, right. <laughs> like you use that fondue. Um, no, so covered it in fondant, painted it a little bit to give it the little color. As well as, you know, the French fries and my little fake um, dipping sauces. Right, right, yeah. You know, and yeah. so the, the pictures were edible images um, made out of, like, this sugar paper oh, with okay. edible ink. Okay. So yeah. everything on the cake was edible. That's and, dope. Um, That's dope. Uh, shout out to my customer, Danielle, because it's these parents that have these over-the-top parties that I love. Mm-hmm. That causes the challenge me to yeah, then do awesome. these uh, extravagant extravagant cakes. So is that the most extravagant one you've done? Um, probably. Okay. I, I'll okay. say probably, and that's because I had not definitely because I hadn't gotten into the food aspect, like creating food um, right, right. for to put on a cake, as well as um, I kind of had like the chicken nugget expand uh, extended out and you know, as if it's about to be dipped. Right, right, yeah. I so saw that. suspended yeah. is what I meant to say. It's suspended, kind of like in right, air, right. and just like you know, creating all of those um, type of details. I would say that probably this probably has been um, my most extravagant cake thus far. But it's awesome, y'all. Got to check out the picture. I got to say, like the 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 artist in you that you're supposed to have it pop up, Dave. I was well. I'm gonna have it pop you up. Do it when in it the edit. Back. Okay. Right. Right. But yeah, don't worry. I'll take care of it. But uh, but yeah, the artist in you definitely flourished in there. I always like watching those competitions. And uh, and those things, and then even seeing uh, some of the pictures on your side of some of your cakes, I always wonder like, where does the idea start? Like, how do you even come up with the, the begin to think of like what to do, like the fries coming up and the dipping and all that stuff, like those ideas. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's the art, right? It's that artist it's, in you. It's the art, but also any. I think anybody in whatever industry you're in, you study your industry, right? Or you even watch other people who. Um, who are also flourishing in that industry. And so mm-hmm. sometimes uh, off that late night, maybe when I'm not on TikTok or something, <laughs> I may be like just like going through different cake artists' pages, mm-hmm. um, whether they're on Instagram or Facebook. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, that's dope. Or, you know, just the different things that they're venturing into. And you'll be right, like, okay, right. I can like Let add that element. That. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, a lot of times with my customers who know how I operate, they'll send me cakes of inspiration and then okay. I'll get that little note, put your own spin on it. Right. right. So That's at least dope. I know the direction you want to go into and then you've given me my free will. So, yeah. 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 So what's, do you have a, a specialty, like do something that you make, you know, the most or better than anybody else or anything of that nature? So I might have to be honest and say no. Okay. Um, so while I love baking as well and love, flavoring you know the flavors of stuff or being um experimental mm-hmm. a lot of times i only get that time to do that um if somebody orders it okay and so it's just because you know it's that whole balancing time and everything and that's yeah, why i said yeah. i miss school because when i was in school we in class and you know you playing around you but then when all you day, right? working yeah. all day then you got cakes on the weekends it's sometimes difficult to try to get to the experiment part right. but yeah. a lot of times people just want vanilla cake with a good buttercream icing yeah and yeah. they're satisfied that's so, good yeah. that's good so uh yeah definitely you uh talked about um you know wanting to try to move into the brick and mortar and uh you know having your own location 
uh, from starting a business and getting to that point. Like, uh, I know there's a lot of uh, journey in mm. there. There's a lot of things that you have to do. Um, how close are you to that? Like, what, what step in the process are you? Can we, uh, like, next week? Like, how soon can I get a cake is what I need to know. <laughs> so, if no. you want a cake, that's different. But um, to be honest with you, the the step in the, the process is probably just still a thought. Okay. okay. Um, I'll be honest with you, as far as the brick and mortar, I want... It really wouldn't be cake related. It will be dessert related. Okay, okay. But not completely cake not related. Not just specifically cakes. You do a little bit of everything. I would want to do a little bit of everything. That's yes. dope. That's yes. dope. That's a great idea. Because I think one thing, so um, I know a lot of people have been talking about down in Southwest, the uh, the young ladies that have the soda shop. Mm-hmm. Or the, the soda pop shop. Right. But I think one thing that we really don't have in D.C. is where can you go just to sit down and have dessert? Right, right. And it's something, one, I think it's something different. Right. But, um, and I don't mean like come down and have a piece of cake. Right. There's some specific niche shops like cupcakes or or like cake shops. You heard about the cereal cream. joints? The cereal? No, I haven't. The cereal cafes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I was yeah. talking, one of my coworkers was talking about. No, I, I, I just seen them on the West Coast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so. but, yeah, but to have just something like if you maybe you have a good meal somewhere and then be like, okay, now we got to go here to get dessert. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea. So no, the, the, man, you got to copyright nobody. Don't, don't steal her idea, man. I'm serious. So I will say <laughs> – uh one restaurant that did exist, unfortunately, they closed down maybe two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still love them. It was called Coco Sala. Okay. What and was it that? was downtown, um, like in the Penn Quarter, like not okay. that far from the Spy Museum. Okay. okay. And they yeah. have been around forever. And emphasis on Coco, they were... Um, Cocaine. Uh, known for... No. Cho- no. no? Oh. Chocolate. They chocolate. They've been there doing lines. Uh, oh, see? Yeah. They were Jay, I'm going to have to give you the extra. <laughs> 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 I finally got one. But go nah, mine worked, were, though. Did it? Yeah, it did. Uh, All right. They were known for their chocolate. And so, okay. But this was right. an establishment you could go to and just have dessert. Nice. And they nice. had like three courses of mm-hmm. dessert or five courses. Oh, wow. Of dessert. Of dessert. Wow. So you could get a hot meal there, something savory. But if you wanted to just come for dessert, that was something that that location allowed you to do. Um, I don't know what happened with the business because I loved it um, Mm -hmm. and supported them definitely in their chocolate making. But I don't know what happened that they ended up closing. I don't want to say it's been about two or three years now. Okay. They have been open like 10 that's a dope business model. I definitely think uh, that's something. I, that I can, have a question. It can flourish. Go ahead. So, Uh-oh. No, these, these cupcakes look delicious, right? Yeah. But me and my, my whole family, like my, my family has a history of like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes. So it's like we can't eat this stuff. What do we do? Nothing. We just got to go to well, another. Well, I, I mean, and, and not to, I'm going to let you answer, but you know, I'm that, I was diagnosed. Yeah, that's why I was like, good luck with these, Dave. No, well, but it's more about like, um, see, 
they have to ship they have to sell it to you as an illness so they can sell you a cure. The truth is you have the power to cure anything. Yeah. You know, and I'm because I don't have any approved. So I had to change my diet though. So yeah, in yeah, order to heal that's myself. What I was about to say. Yeah, so it's like that's what I was about to say. It's all about the change of your diet. Cause all I did was stop like my biggest issue and the reason I was diagnosed with diabetes was because of my diet. Like you I was, was eating in this. The mo- hold on though, but in the morning <laughs> I would go to work and I would my breakfast was a mountain dew and a honey but yeah every every that, that'll do morning it. with no fail that'll do it right so and i mean i'm and it was you know when you're younger you have that you know that illusion of immortality that you know you can do i don't know i'll be all right i'll, I'll work out next week you know yeah. like, but you know after i just had to change my diet and so now I just uh, drink a bunch of water all day. Uh, my snacks are different. I know I'm not always getting candy bars and stuff. I'm getting like I'm eating like popcorn and and maybe like honey roasted peanuts or something like that. But I said it to say I changed my diet enough to the fact where I can have a cupcake and it not affect me negatively. Like I've that's you. Checked, if I you ate know, that shit, sugar. my levels would skyrocket. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I like. When once I changed my diet and even like uh, started being more active i don't even like um the first few months i worked out heavy but after that i was like but i just you know i still i'm more active but i can eat stuff and i would check my levels and it would still be steady oh yeah you know so yeah it's more about my you know, your intake and stuff but really if you you like you eat one thing it spike for you well i guess because you know I work out all the time and I don't ever deviate from my diet because of the the health scares that I've had. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just the mentality of like, yo, it's not even worth fucking with my shit because, you know, being in them hospitals and, and, you know, just having, you know, having to write a will and all of that stuff that I I got long term memory. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I don't never lose sight of when the doctor was like, yo, it's either enjoy what you're going to do or that's it. So it's like I've chosen like, well, it's not that important to me, but it's that's like I don't want to miss out like on all the. But I guess it's not really fun. But I mean, I'm just saying like so as to get a brick and mortar, that seems to be the wave now, yeah. like being healthy and trying to stay alive because, you know, there's there's an attack on our health. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a billion dollar industry in yeah. us being unhealthy. So there's a wave of consciousness about what people are eating, what people are intaking into their body. Like, like me, like I haven't even eaten a sweet in years and I don't really have a desire. Right, right. But it's like, you know, you'll come around I'll be like, oh, I want to support. But it's like it's nothing that I could get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, And that, that's interesting to me that it's not that changing your diet didn't affect it because it affected me like immediately like i said when i went back they was like well yeah all, i'm fine it did affect yeah. my diet because but they I mean, told me i had to take medicine for the rest of my life yeah, i was I like never took the medicine yeah because they gave me the drug i was like yeah so uh when does it run out and they was like what you mean i was like what you mean yeah. he's like what you mean i was like what you mean like when does it run out they was like nah nigga he you... must have went to the cvs or uh nah. what you mean what you yeah, mean exactly. i did that's what i did pick up my prescription i did pick it up from what there. you mean but I, you know but at the same time i was like oh okay it's that serious so it's like yeah, yeah. now i ain't even intrigued by sweets like just because i, I just am. remember i just remember the hospital and you know what i'm saying the uh like basically the ultimatum of survival and shit so it's like it changed my mindset not just my diet right. but my mind my mind diet yeah, yeah, like you know mindset. what i'm saying it's like so it's like I that look, we went off on a whole tangent but the i'm not was, what the, now the question the is question like how right. could someone like like me right. support 
without eating sweets. So you can buy for someone else. But I can't do that. I ain't trying to kill him either. Well, they gonna kill him, and that's the thing. I don't. It's not the sweet. It's the intake. It's the amount that you intake. Okay. Yeah. So you can still get somebody, uh, you know, uh, a cupcake. I mean, yeah. That's not because it's never the food. McDonald's is not the culprit. Uh, They're not. It's your. You know. It's it being pushed on us as something you should eat every day, and that's not what right. it is. Just like this is not something you should, you know, eat every day, but you can indulge <laughs> and enjoy the sweets. Like Jamelia said, me too. My body put me in check real quick. So it's like, yeah, people are real mindful of their diets now, and it's like, I, apparently, my scare was different than yours because I am not fucking around because you know what I'm saying that shit was real. And it's like, well, you have to be yeah diligent. Uh, yeah, and I got diligent. children and shit, so I was like, yo, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't even important to me no more. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know, but it's like I want to support people, but at the same time, like I couldn't get this for my children. I couldn't get it for myself. I couldn't get it for like anybody in my family. But it's like, you know, I, I still right. would want. I'm just you could do what you want. I'm, I'm just saying, saying like I've studied health to too, Dave. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yes. Yes. I don't know, man. He, I'm saying I, I, Jason, think so. I'm not saying that's the truth. That's what I want you to a believe. Lot on cupcakes, bro. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but let me, let me put a lot on cupcakes. Like, let yeah, me, yeah. let me be me. I'm not asking yeah, yeah, no, you. I'm not asking, I'm not asking, asking you, you to I'm take my belief and believe what I say. I'm just saying I'm speaking from my perspective, from my family. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, if these if these issues need to be discussed because we have a chronic problem in our communities that that hasn't really been discussed. And so it's it like more to do with moderation. But let's let our guests <laughs> answer. Let's get back to our. Yes, we had this discussion later, Jay. So no problem. I understand where he's coming from. So first, I would say moderation, um, but also in just supporting anybody. You guys supported me by bringing me on here today. So, you know, and putting that just me personally out there on Front Street, just to your viewers, to your supporters, um, as well as my business. But also, um, when it comes down to the dietary side of it all, I will be honest first and say that I have not formulated or played around with other recipes as far as it being sugar-free or... um, gluten or vegan but those Nobody type of wants that stuff Go but ahead. that stuff doesn't i do my kids love that shit they love gluten free stuff they yeah because that's that's all they want that's but, what they ask for but, go ahead, but then so the other thing though like depending upon the household that you've, you you know you're raising your kids in if you haven't introduced them to sugar yeah. and you just introduce them to gluten or vegan then of course that's all they know and right. they are mm-hmm. going to get excited by that yeah. um i have some friends that i would tease them all the time um the husband and the wife was all about sugar, but they didn't raise their kids on it. Mm. And so when they did, um, what they did um, for their kids would be like vegan or it would be like zucchini bread or something. Mm. Um, but also I will say, it reminded me, sitting here listening to um, Jason, um, I was reminded that back when I first started, so I want to say maybe around 2007 or 2008, I had a manager on um, one of my jobs I'll be honest, I cannot recall what condition his daughter had, mm-hmm. but he had, um, she definitely couldn't eat dairy and she couldn't have whey. And mm-hmm. so with the whey, you had to then be careful with certain flowers and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, but this guy wanted that normalcy for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And so he said, Monique, I already got the recipe, but because his mother was making cakes for the daughter, mm-hmm. but she wasn't decorating them. Mm-hmm. 
And so he said, I got a book. The book has the recipe. Just follow this recipe. Come up with the icing and decorate these cakes. And unfortunately, him and I lost contact. But I want to say for at least two or three years, I had mm. the business of this guy making and um, yeah. making this cake. And granted, I can't remember what it tasted like. But it was because that's all his daughter knew. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. she was really young, like maybe four or five years old. Okay. Um, and so, like, you know, you're doing substitute with, like, almond milk or something like that. Then you have almond flour, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, if somebody has a, a nut allergy, yeah. then you have to find the flour. Or, and there's stuff out there formulated. Yeah, yeah. It's stuff for everything now. It's stuff <laughs> formulated to handle the dietary issues. Right. And so I've... You know, it's one of those things where if somebody comes to me for it, mm-hmm. I'll do the research on it. But I have not, you know, sat down and just say this is my whole focus right now, right. whether I had the customer or not. Yeah, and I just ask because you're speaking of brick and mortar, right? And right. so I'm out all of the time with my kids. It's like like so we're out and like, oh, daddy, I want ice cream. But now when I go, to, we go to an ice cream shop, like there's, there's, there's you know, dairy-free ice right. cream. You know, they're just options yes. because – the culture now is just looking for, you know, alternatives yes. be, due to health, due to allergies. And, that, and, you know, so that's what brought it about. Like when you speak of speaking of like eventually moving into a brick and mortar, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Because like me and my kids, we're still able to do all of the regular stuff just because now businesses have incorporated yes. those type of options for families like mine. Right. And, you know, that just is, makes your business more successful yes. to have those options. So that's what brought it all up. Because it's like, damn, I really want, you know, it's but I couldn't give those to my kids. But I was like, oh, but if you got a store and we came into your store, like we right. would just have to walk out like, oh, damn, we want right, right. to get you some. Right. Yeah. That's all. Yes. That's what the question was yeah. really based on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, nigga. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's a valid question. It definitely is. Yeah. 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 And, we, and we appreciate your um, input kind of. Jay, uh, always, sometimes. Oh, Jamelia says she got an illness where if she eats too much salt, she loses her hearing. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot you of people. Say, wait, wait, wait. She said if she eats too much salt, she She'll, loses her hearing? That's what she said, yeah. Wow. But that's what I'm saying. You gotta, I've never heard of that. But that's I'm just saying, like, there are people who, you know what I'm saying, who can't deviate from their diet like you can. Like, yeah, some yeah, people have yeah. to be like, nah, nigga, I can't. Risk. Yeah, yeah. I can't I risk people, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know people who have uh, who've given up sugar completely. And uh, stuff like, and originally that's where I was, you know, yeah. with it. But as I started to introduce it slowly back into my diet, and like on like a um, you know trial basis, and like checking and monitoring, I just noticed that because of the changes that I made, it, mm-hmm. it allowed me some leeway to be able to. Now I can't like eat the, the whole tray, <laughs> but I can have one. You know, I can have one, and it won't change it to the yeah. point where it's at a negative level or anything. So that's something, you know. Um, yeah, cause and we want you, think, we want your business to thrive. So yeah, it's like yeah, I want to be able to pull up and you know bring right. bring my folks through. Like yeah, his art section right here. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, any advice for people who are looking to getting into uh, baking or starting that you know uh, that business? Baking business. The baking business, yeah. <laughs> Because you do have a couple of business. We're going to talk about that a little bit because you said it's not. But we okay. go ahead. But go yes. ahead. The banking, let's stick with this question. So first of all, with any business, with any I business. say just start. Mm-hmm. Um, do your research. Um, and, you know, just I just say just start. Now, when it comes down to baking, it's so funny. Um, one of the a baker that I follow, he had a, a little post this morning. And he said, who said you had to have a kitchen aid mixer? 
to get started on your baking business. Right, right. And he yeah. was like, that's a lie. And so um, it's people who start out with handheld mixers. Right. I'll be honest with you, and I will say that when I got into the business, I did have a standing mixer, but it wasn't a kitchen aid. It was a sunbeam. And then maybe after three years of working the heck out of that <laughs> mixer, my mother for Christmas ended up giving me a kitchen aid. <laughs> Excuse me. And so um, with that being said, um, I now probably have two kitchen aids and probably another mixer or what right, have you. Right. But it's just, you know, starting somewhere and don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid to go to another baker and ask. And if that person wants to have the whole crab in a barrel type of mentality, there's somebody else who doesn't. Right, right. So, you know, ask somebody how did they get started um, and, you know, go from there. Do your research and get started. And I will say, like, some people also may um, may say I don't have the money. So a lot of times one of the concepts is this is when you ask for um, a down payment or a deposit or there are people out who um, releasing books and releasing t-shirts pre-order. That's the kicker for, you know, go ahead and put something down on this. When you get that money that somebody's put down on it, you use that to buy your ingredients. Right, right. You use that to buy what's necessary to create, whether it's a book, it's a cake, whatever. Um, so definitely I say ask questions, do your research, and just don't be afraid to start. Just get started. Okay. Yeah, that's that's great advice. That first step, you know, the the um, hardest part of any journey, they say, is that first step. So, yeah, I just... Um, a couple of uh, comments we got, like uh, uh, Monique Gill said, that's right. She started out with an iron making shirts, and now she has two heat presses. Shout out to Monique Gill. Yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Monique. And uh, so, yeah, it's not about, you know, where you start. It's about how you finish. So I I would tell artists, you know, I work with uh, musical artists, and, you know, they would have qualms about uh, starting, like, um, YouTube pages or all that. Be like, I got to get a good camera or I got to get some good. I would always say it's people who are doing more with less right now. So just start. Get out there and do it. Now, you always want to project quality. Put your quality into it. But that doesn't mean, like you said, the name brand, that KitchenAid mixture is not going to stop you from making a dope cake, you know, if you right. know if you, you know, have the skills to get out there and do it. So that's great advice. That's, that's definitely awesome advice. So I want to ask the question that I ask all of our guests yeah. all the time. You've been watching, so I'm yeah. sure you're prepared <laughs> for, uh, for this question. If you had an opportunity to talk to young Monique. Young Monique. If you had a, a let's say, let's say a 12-year-old Monique. It's, I like to pick a specific age because there's certain things that go on in people's life at different right. times. So um, let, let's say uh, 12, 13-year-old Monique, uh, if you could go back in time, having all the wisdom that you've gained now through the years, uh, and you could say something to her, like if you could have a conversation with her, just give her some guidance, what would you say to her? <laughs> so uh, 12-year-old Monique or 13-year-old Monique, I probably was at Jefferson Junior High, mm-hmm. um, 7th or 8th grade. Um, and I would probably tell her, don't be afraid to go out there and, and do something different. And I say that because, um, I didn't always go outside of my normal, always accept a challenge or Mm -hmm. I wasn't that kid that was, um, in one of the little groups or clubs or Mm -hmm. anything like that. I went to school, maybe hung out with a couple people and came on home. 
Right. Um, I will say that I did grow up, um, one in the church, and then two, I was in Girl Scouts. Okay. Okay. So um, I will say I attribute a lot of different stuff to Girl Scouts and different opportunities through them. Um, but I would just definitely tell her, you know, don't be afraid to do other things, you know, speak up. Because um, a lot of times a lot of kids don't realize that they have a voice even at that age. Right, right. Exactly. And sometimes we're either like quieted by our parents you know don't speak unless you've spoken to mm -hmm. um type of deal or you're afraid that if you you know aren't if you are outspoken that you're going to get in trouble right um so i would definitely probably tell her you know speak up more and you know definitely accept the challenges and go out there and you know do something different right yeah that's dope yeah yeah and, and great advice and um, like I said, I always like to ask that question because you always get a pretty introspective answer and it's based directly on something that you may have been going through at the time. And you never know who, who you know, may be going through it and may hear that and it might inspire them to start making cupcakes. And, yes. uh, no, but, yes. <laughs> but, yes. yeah. Yes. So um, uh, also like uh, people who are getting into baking maybe uh, and, and starting that type of business, maybe something that you, uh, you know, wish you had known starting out or something that would be helpful uh, for people looking into that type of thing. Did you have any advice for that? So um, I will say that you'll find that a lot of kids, to me, a lot of kids now are definitely grabbing onto that um, that industry or that interest at an early mm -hmm. age. And so even if it was a child or an, um, an adult, you know, going back to just, just do it, kind of. Mm -hmm. okay. um, you know, take classes. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I'm available if anybody wants to know how I got started, um, or, you know, uh, even maybe just like teaching the basics. And so, um, I want us earlier this year, I actually had a party. Well, okay. not my party, but I hosted a party for a, a young lady mm -hmm. and, um, she's interested in baking and so that's what we did we went from from the beginning to the end oh, we okay. baked cupcakes okay. um the kids had a hand in um the baking process i mean in the mixing process and then we decorated nice. and i think that's what the kids love the most anyway as yeah, far yeah. as the sprinkles and rolling fondant yeah, and yeah, making decorations yeah. and so um Definitely. And then even like to parents, if you see your child just has this interest, period, mm -hmm. whether it's baking or whatever, do your best to try to cultivate that um, that right. interest and right. help plant that seed to for it to grow and flourish for your child. Definitely. Definitely. We yeah. talked a little last week about parents kind of being nervous and coming from what we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the counselor, um, you know, uh, not being as supportive and that coming from that place of fear. But like I said, I think that that's kind of, that's not even as prevalent anymore. Like now a lot more parents are pushing their kids to, to, to follow their dreams and, you know, um, and to pursue these different uh, avenues of, because, you know, you never know what's going to be that thing that's going to um, set you up to be sustainable for life. And, uh, yeah, man, we got to get you, a, get you a brick and mortar, man, get you out there. So if people yes. want to get a cake or cupcakes or any, um, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to say something like delectable delicacy or something like that, but anything, you know, uh, yeah. any of your stuff. Ain't you. <laughs> but uh, so where can they reach you? How can they get to you? How can they get some uh, uh Sweet spirit, spirited sweets. Sweet spirit cakes. Sweet spirit cakes is the yeah. name of it. I knew that. I was trying not to look at the thing. I should have no looked problem. at it. Go ahead. You're Bye fine. bad. You're fine. So um I have a website. It's www.sweetspiritcakes.com. 
Um, also on social media, um, Facebook, it's Sweet Spirit Cakes and then DMV at the end. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, it's a sweet underscore spirit underscore DMV. Um, I'm sorry, Sweet Spirit Cakes and then um, the DMV is at the end, but it has underscore between each word. Okay. And um, definitely reach out and, you know, see what I've been working on and uh, place an order on the website. I have an order form. Okay. So place an order on the website and I'll be reaching out to you. Bet, bet. Yeah, yeah. And if they want to follow you on social media, uh, but you, yeah, you gave the Instagram yeah. and stuff. And so, then yeah. my personal stuff is under my name, Monique Towns. Cool, cool, so, yes. cool. And that's what people could ask you questions about baking and starting businesses right. and all that. Yes. Cool, yes. cool. And Definitely. we'll set something up. All right, cool, man. Yeah. I want to um, try one of these cupcakes, so we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> but before wrap it we up, do, beat. Jay, I want to talk. Uh, I want you to give us a little bit about the uh, the Black Love Experience. Yeah, Black Love Experience is happening virtually this Saturday from five to ten. Um, and, and real quick, uh, you know, the, uh, Bob and Marvin, who was speaking, was. Uh, I guess he made a comment in regards to to anger, right? Since we're speaking about black love. Um, okay. You know, uh, he said uh, anger and rage hinders good judgment. That's okay. And so I want to be clear that all of my positions in regards to black people and our liberation uh, is all love. There is no anger, there is no rage at all. It's just, uh, I just love my people. And um, I'm here to protect love. Um, and love must be protected because it's important. And, uh, and I think that will be exhibited this year at the Black Love Experience. Um, my set with Black Alley is at 7.15. And it's like, I'm not even really promoting it uh, from an artist standpoint. But I just think there's a, a, a energy, a vibration, and a sentiment uh, that is conveyed during my set that exudes love. And it exudes, uh, you know, pr- the protection of, of love. So, the, you know, just to be clear, there is no anger. There is no rage at all. It, there's only love. Um, you know, but as you know, personally, love comes in different forms. We've all been in, you know, di- different types of love, like relationship love. You know, that shit ain't always sweet. Okay. But it still is love, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Even with your family, you know what I'm saying? It ain't always nice, but it, the love still remains. So it's just levels to love. So I don't want to confuse, um, you know, concern with, with black people and our mistreatment with anger or rage because I don't think that's a fair assessment but all of this speaking to the black love experience, there will be several panel discussions and workshops that will uh, uh, cover and touch on our experience as black people um, in, in this world and what, you know, what makes us tick, you know, what we need, what we lack. And so I just think uh, the, the black experience team and Nubian Human has done an excellent job in you know, gathering folks from all over the world the, uh, from from Africa and Europe, uh, definitely here in the states, uh, from South America, from Canada, all converging uh, this year virtually online to discuss topics that that will empower us and you know get us some uh, 
a, a motivation and mobilization. So I encourage everybody um, to check out the Black Love Experience this Saturday from 5 to 10. Um, you can get tickets at blackloveexperience.com to kind of see for yourself what I speak of. And in particular, my set with Black Alley is at 7.15 sharp. And I'm very proud of the energy uh, and the feeling that, that me and Black Alley were able to, to conjure. Uh, I think it's a beautiful set. Uh, I haven't even seen it. We pre-recorded our set, so I don't even know how it's really going to turn out. So I'm just speaking off the feeling and the energy that, that we had during it. You know, it was, it was super dope, and I want people to see it for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 because I was proud of Black. You know what? Because, you know, I grew up in Go-Go, right? right. And uh, so when I met Black Alley, uh, I didn't realize how much, like, they're real, like, musician musicians. Yeah. Like, they are, like, musicians. Yeah. Like, you know, that I was, so I was impressed with their professionalism and their musicianship and the way that, you know, they were able to articulate the same energy that I put into the song. Like, they kind of, like, felt me. They were, like, an extension of, I was like, oh, shit, y'all niggas is, like, <laughs> for real, for real. So I was just, I was just psyched. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out. And thanks for giving me time to talk about that shit, Dave. No problem, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We want people to check it yeah, out. Yeah, cause yeah, because it is. That's, but that's, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> and but, that's, the, that's the real, like. That's what I was trying to explain to Bob and Marvin. Like, yeah. like, people think it's, like, anger and rage. But it's like, nah, man, I just, I love my people so much. It's love. There is no anger. And whenever yeah. we get into, like, these, like, it's, it was some real heavy topics yeah and it's an it takes an emotional toll especially on somebody as empathetic as, as jay is and you know and as um you know enthralled in the the goings on of the community you yeah know, i just don't like when happen. people uh uh mistake it or label it as like anger it's like it's not anger at all i just it's love in particular it's love he's a passionate loot he's a passionate yeah dude. man i love my people i, I love you bob and marvin i don't even know you but i love you brother so this isn't a uh back and forth or yeah. you know yeah this is love so check out the set saturday and see what i'm talking about Definitely, yeah. So y'all check out the Black Love Experience. Check out Monique Towns. Check out Sweet Spirit Cakes. Uh, dot don't com. forget Neighborish Live Cast. Well, yeah, oh, no, but I'm not gonna forget that. I was getting out of the uh, <laughs> the other stuff out of the way. I'm actually trying to uh, we we're trying to wrap it up so I can try a cupcake because they look delicious. They're calling me. They do look and delicious. I'm, I'm though, have, I'll tell you I'm that. A, I'm gonna have one um, after we wrap up. And uh, yeah. So thank you so much for coming through and hanging out. Yeah, this is dope, Monique. Yeah. Thank I appreciate you, you coming through and, and joining us to our buffoonery. We always like to have, uh, the, and, and no deterrent to any guys that we're going to have on the show, but it always seems more balanced when we have feminine energy and then your insight and your, you know, comments yeah. are very strong. I we appreciate you so much for, for representing uh, E-Ball like you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much again a million times. Y'all check, check out the cakes. Check out the pictures, man, on her Instagram. She does some dope work and, and order some stuff. We're trying to get you in the brick and mortar we're gonna make it happen yes, um yeah so thank you guys so much for watching this episode this has been another episode of neighborish on behalf of myself dc's native son jason hey hey and the lovely and talented miss monique town and fruit yeah thank you uh yeah on behalf of all of us y'all have a great week and peace peace